Welcome to the Reverse Selling Podcast, where real estate agents, salespeople, and entrepreneurs come to learn the best tactics and strategies to grow their business. Hosted by the creator of the Reverse Selling Methodology, Brandon Morinan. So my guest today, you guys, it's, a, it's an exciting story. It's different because uh, this real estate superstar has built his business through buyers. And uh, one of my good friends I had on the show uh, a couple months ago, Jen Davis, she's done the same thing. She was able to do so much business on the buyer side. And so with us today, uh, my guest is going to tell us how he's been able to, in his first year, he did 26 buyer side transactions. This year in 2020 already has 10 closed and 21 under contract. So here to tell us how he's done that. Andreas Bastamonta. <laughs> did I get that wrong? I, I got it. So, so say it for us. Bustamante. Bustamante. It starts with it. a B. <laughs> so beautiful. Beautiful name. So so <laughs> welcome you. to the show, man. I'm excited that you're here. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. So so let's jump right into it. So off air, we were talking a little bit, but just let's set the groundwork so everybody listening understands a couple things. Last year, 2020, yes, you, you were doing some leasing, but 2020 was your first year um, selling real estate. Is that correct? Correct. I joined a team at Keller Williams March 2020. And I mean, previously, I'd been doing leasing at UT Austin. And I had to do, I got to do one sale when I was 20, which was a downtown million dollar condo, which was amazing. So that was my only experience with sales. Got it. I love it. So are you just for, so we can kind of get the story right. Are you still on the team now? Yes. Still on All the right, team. cool. All right. So your first year really it was March to March is, is your kind of your fiscal year with Keller Williams, correct? Correct. So, so March to March, you were, your first year you did 26 deals. Now, for most people, I mean, well, let me ask you, what, how much in GCI did that represent? That's about 8.5. 8.5 million in volume, right? Yeah, in volume. And then GCI, that's around like 150,000. Got it. So were you able to, to net uh, six figures your first year? Yes. All right. Phenomenal, right? So, so many people want to do that their first year. Let's kind of go back and then we'll we'll talk about what you're doing today. So, you get in the industry, you join the team right away, correct? Yeah. So for me, it was really just going back. I started real estate when I was 19 at UT Austin. And then when I was 23, I graduated. So this was a year ago. And I didn't want to continue doing leasing. And I knew I, I wanted to get a mentor, a kick-ass mentor. And I would listen to Bigger Pockets episodes and whatnot. Stumbled upon Diego Corzos and he was in Austin. He said, I'm in Austin. If anyone wants to reach out, reached out, give him a call. He, at first, he didn't think I was serious because he's like, okay, reach out in a week. And that's kind of how he would weed people out. I reached out in a week and he liked my goals, my commitment, and I joined his team. So that's how I started. And I mean, I've learned so much from my, my mentors. So it's been amazing. And like you said, yes, it's been all buyer side. 26 the first year. All right. So so let's I want to I want to talk about this. So when you um got into the business, okay, this is you know, maybe before you started selling last year, 
What were some of the big ahas that you quickly learned that that maybe you didn't think about when you first got into real estate? Because a lot of people think real estate's like the sexy, easy way to make money. You know, you drive Ferraris, you don't have to really work that hard. What was it actually like your first year? Like, like shoot people straight. First year, like leasing or actually first year full-time sales? Yeah, full-time sales. Kind of walk us through, like, what were the big learnings there? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to make great money and this and that. Dude, the first, the first like three or four months, I didn't make a single sale. And I was like all over the place really, because I didn't really hone into what I, the three things that I would be consistent about. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to cold call and then I'm going to do this. And it was not consistent whatsoever. So then I really started honing in on, okay, in order to be the best version to my clients, I need to be the best version with myself. So I read the miracle morning by Hal Elrod. And that just changed everything for me because it gave me consistency. So I'd wake up in the morning, meditate, do affirmations, visualize. I have my visions. It's not here because I just moved into a new house that I used to have my visions board that had my goals, which was to make 150,000 my first year to be on bigger pockets, to help 30 families. And I reached almost all the goals because I would visualize and see it all the time. And it's pretty insane, but I visualized being on podcasts, my sphere of influence and referral business to be the, the, like the main source of everything, all of my buyer leads. And I mean, that's how it is right now. It's so passive. I get DMS on Instagram, on Facebook, through the podcast, through my referrals. And I, I have to like tell my business partners. Now we have more business partners on the team. It's like, dude, you guys need to help me because yeah. it becomes, you know, it, it's it's amazing because I'd visualized this all the time. And now I'm like getting DMS today. I had three buyer calls and then I have another one today, new leads. And then I have emails that are being sent to me. It's like, Andres, I have another referral. It's just, oh, and, and we're going to, and we're going to break all that out and we're going to kind of break all that down. Cause I'm excited to see the, you know, how you were able to build that. Right. So, so you get in the, so you get in the business, you join a team. Um, what, so, so what were some of the, the early lead generation tactics or strategies you were trying in the beginning that maybe didn't work or maybe the, the ones that you're like, wow, this really works well? I feel like I kind of wanted to emulate my business partners with what they were doing. And yes, that was great. The thing is kind of my personality is different. So I, I would kind of see what they would do. And then from there, I would put like the Andres type of way, which I would do it. Which before I would just say, okay, someone's doing this. I'll just follow that to the point and do that exactly how it is. And it was cold calling at first. And to tell you the truth, I was scared of cold calling, but I had to do it because I, I didn't want to say, look, I don't like cold calling if I hadn't done it before. So tried cold calling, wasn't really my thing. And then I decided to, I mean, tell my story through podcasting. And at first I was super nervous, but what I did, I would really look at everyone that was doing podcasts, every podcast, and I would give them my story. Hey, I started real estate when I was 19. This is why you should have me on your podcast. Yeah. And that's what I would do to like, I still have those messages. I do that all the time. And then on real estate rock stars, which with Pat Hyben and Aaron Amuchastegui, 
I'd reach out to people that had been on those podcasts and I was like, dude, I loved your episode. I want to talk to you for like five, 10 minutes. And everyone answered. They were super cool. And I talked to them and I got tips from all of them. That was one way that kind of helped me meet rock stars. Yeah. And then just start all of that business from there. So that's great. So you're getting so so you you started cold calling. Who were you cold calling in the beginning? Were you calling for listings or were you cold calling buyer leads or what what were, who were you calling in the beginning? Fizbos. Oh, you were going for listings in the beginning. Yes. Learning yes. how to sell and doing all that. Okay. So uh then you transitioned into generating buyer business. So specifically, they're, they're coming through uh your podcast mainly, it sounds like. Is that right? Fear of influence, podcast referrals, fear of influence. The majority of my clients this past year was fear of influence. Okay. And it's crazy how just the story I would tell, a lot of people can relate. So with the story I told about how I I have it, I have investment properties in Austin. Yeah. And what I do a lot is house hack. So I live in one room and then rent out the others to cover my mortgage. Yep. So with the story that I told when I bought my first house hack, which was a month into the business, everyone was like, dude, this is possible at the age of 24. I can do this. Andres did it. And it was a story I told, you know, facts tell, stories sell. So always yeah. telling stories. And through my Instagram, I'd always tell stories as well. And a lot of my friends started buying and were like, dude, if you did it, I want to do it as well. And then from there, the word spread to their friends and then podcasts. And that's how it picked up. Phenomenal. And I mean, that's great. I mean, because the thing is, the people are going to hear this, right? And, and think, oh, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to build my business like him, you know, because for a lot of people, you know, they're looking for the path of least resistance. They're looking for the new shiny object. They're looking for, you know, uh, wow, he's building his business through podcasting. You know, there's not a lot of real estate agents like that. Maybe I'm going to try that. So, you know, what what is it? Uh, how have you gone about, you know, monetizing your podcast and, and, and how you're turning that into real estate leads? I mean, with this, I I do really enjoy telling my story. So at first, it was just kind of getting my name out there and wanting to make it passive. Yeah. As passive as possible. So like I said, I'd reach out to the podcast and whatnot. And then from there, it's now like podcasts are reaching out to me. And whenever I tell the stories, I always say you can reach me on Instagram or Facebook. And from there, people reach out through my DMs. And a lot of the time there are people that are saying, I really like your podcast, love to talk. So I get like on a 10 minute phone call and you can even get referrals from that to other agents in Dallas, Houston, wherever. Right, right. I mean, the, the end goal wasn't really that. It's more so to help people. That's kind of like a plus. Right. So for me, it's always about how you see it, like kind of touching off a little tangent here. But whenever I used to cold call, I was kind of scared at first and I didn't really see it from the perspective of with the mindset shift, I'm helping this person. And if I don't help them, a crappy agent's going to help them. So when I shifted that mindset, that's what helped me out a lot. And this is kind of for the podcast as well. If I don't tell my story on a podcast, then the people that that um, could have bought if I if I didn't tell this story, they they wouldn't have bought, you know, kind of kind of yeah, seen yeah. It from that perspective. If I don't tell the story, then the people I could have helped will never know that they could have done this. In so the story, you're, shift. yeah, I love it. So, so is your clientele mostly the the investor type person, or is this just the everyday home buyer? 
It's a lot of house hackers. I've helped people. Okay. I believe 80% of my clients are 20, 20 to like 35 year olds looking to rent, like to get a three to four bed home or four plus and offset their rent or break even, even cash flow. So you're really, really niche down. I mean, you oh, have yeah. a specific, okay. So, so this is what I was trying to get. To. So you guys watching guys and girls, that's the key is you have a specific targeted niche type business model. That's the story you're telling on the podcast. People are hearing that like, oh my gosh, I could do that. That's how you're generating the business. Is that fair and accurate? You hit that spot on because yeah, that's one thing. Actually, I'm so happy that you touched that. That's one thing that through a lot of calls that I made to rockstar agents was like, you need a niche down. Yeah. If you're going to be putting content on Instagram, who's your ideal avatar? That's right. Anytime I put anything on Instagram, it's tailored towards 20 to 35 year olds talking about house hacking. What's the return on investment you get rent savings, this and that. So that's perfect. That's exactly that's how you're doing. So, so, uh, because people hear podcasting, how, how is it getting buyer leads through? We're not yeah. talking about Bob That's and Joe it, yeah. Smith that are looking to buy a primary residence. No, we're not talking about that because the audience is listening to podcasts already. You've positioned your podcast to a specific target niche. So uh, that's that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So the the team leader, the, the person's team you're on at Keller Williams, he's got to be he's got to kind of be blown away with what you've been able to do with this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I would venture to say that he has never once in his career had an agent on his team that gets as much business as you do through podcasting. Would that be true? Well, Diego Corzo, he's a, like, he's a baller agent in Austin. His business is also very referral based like our team we don't pay for anything zillow no nothing it's all yep. referrals so it's more so he's never had an agent that within the year has sold like that right diego like usually between victor me and diego we always have 15 plus under contract each that but 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 specifically their lead generation strategy being podcast like that's the part that I think is probably pretty yeah. rare. Like, I mean, in my career, unless you have a specific niche like this, I mean, it's very rare when you ask a realtor, hey, what is your lead generation strategy? And they respond with podcasting. It, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. That. Like, that's just super rare. That's true. Yeah. That's kind of so. So that's what's so cool about your business models. It's so unique. Go ahead. What were we going to say? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just insane. It's so important what you touched on to niche down. Whenever you tailor anything towards that, you know, your ideal avatar, like we said, and also it's just pretty insane looking back at things, how I, I think the miracle morning is what helps me just everything that I've done. And I remember I would visualize like podcasting sphere of influence and, and referrals. That'll be my main thing. And I affirmed it and law of attraction that the universe brought it to me. So it, yeah, yes. And I, I I would add that, yes, you focused on it. However, it was the actions you took that manifested it, not 100%. just the belief, not just because you had a picture on a wall. Uh, you know, I, so it was because you took action towards the goal every day because the visualization, you looked at it. So you then you took action based on the vision, which then made it come become real. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
Because a lot of people, I mean, you know, I'm careful when I throw out law of attraction to people. They think they can just sit there and think, all right, money, money, (laughs) money, money, money. Brandon, there's no money. Well, how much action did you take? Why have I done shit yet? Well, dude, you got to do something too. You can't just visualize a poster on your board and then Ferrari starts showing up on your front, your front uh, step. That's kind of my, my issue with the secret, that movie, the law of, you know, it's like, you got to have both. Mm -hmm. You got to have the mindset, the visualization and the action without the action, not shit is going to happen. Believe me. So, so that's so interesting. All right. So, uh, now as you kind of move forward, so this year you've got 10 and, uh, is your sphere of influence. You got 10 under contract. Or I'm sorry. You got 10 closed, 21 under contract. Let's Starting talk about how, what, what does your average day look like? Like, how are you managing this business? Are you running around like crazy? Because I would imagine the houses you're selling, are not everyday listings in the MLS? Are you going out having to find these specifically for your clients? Talk to us about that. So with a market like Austin, which is the hottest market in the US currently, if priced right, homes go for 15 to 30% over ask. So with this, it's really about adapting to these market changes and whatnot. I've built a huge relationship with builders, with new builds. And with these new builds, a lot of them do something known as an earnest deposit to where you just require between 500 to 3000 down, you get the home off the market and kind of, it's not really like to make it sound simple, but I mean, with this, as opposed to having to bid 15 to 30% over ask, it's something that I've found to where my clients don't have to put that much money out of pocket. And I mean, the, the benefits are just absurd. Get it under contract. The home isn't built until six, seven months from now. With the appreciation in Austin, minimum of the people that I've gotten with new builds, 50K appreciation. It's amazing. Now, again, the takeaway is not only is your lead generation model uh, a specific niche, the way that you fulfill on your value proposition is also very niche. If you asked you know, 10,000 realtors, how do you find properties for your buyers? Very rare, very, very rare. Do you find somebody looking at off-market opportunities where it actually works? They're, they're, doing, they're going to the MLS. And so you have, a, you have a demographic that's very, very niche and they're not having to compete in the MLS with all the other buyers. You're finding a very specific property for them. It's obvious now to me why you're the obvious choice, why you get so much business like this, because the average realtor can't do what you're doing. I mean, that's the reality. It's it's just pretty insane how, like, for me, I genuinely value relationships. And well, okay, a lot of people do, obviously. Sure. So one thing with this, just the sales reps, um, I know like every sales rep, I'm not kidding you, in Austin, most of the sales reps in Austin, I can tell you what they do, what they like, this, this, and that. And they've been so helpful with everything. Sometimes, like DR Horton, for example, they do bids. And sometimes they'll be like, you know what? I think this home will be best for your client. Kind of giving me an indication of where we're looking at in terms of the bid and this and that. And it's because it's important to try to put as much money into the client's pocket as possible. Because if you overbid and you don't get along with the sales rep, he or she will not tell you. It's like, hey, you're super overbidding. So... so- yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, the the other clear thing that's happening to me right now in this interview is 
people look at this and say, you know, you, 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 I spend so much time and work into trying to help a real estate agent understand that they're in the lead generation business, that they are in the prospecting lead generation business. And automatically, they think there's just like one way to do business, but make no mistake about it. I mean, you prospect every day. You're calling sales reps. You're getting people on your podcast. You're calling strangers. You are cold calling every single day. But when you think about cold calling people, what do they think about? Fizbos and expires. It makes... we got to stop worrying about the who. I'm not talking to you, realtors. When I talk about prospecting, I'm talking about getting people on your podcast. I'm talking about sales reps for builders. I'm talking about builders, CPAs, financial planners, assisted living. You know, I can go on and on. Divorce attorneys, you know, estate planning attorneys. So, so call it what you want, but you spend most of your time in lead generation building these relationships. Would you agree? For sure. I 100% agree with that. It, yeah. It, it's just crazy how the, the cold calling the perspective from that that's is right. like, oh no <laughs> they, but it's, they think fizbos and expires but it's it's a, it's a business any business i don't care what you do or what you sell if you sell cell phones or airpods or real estate or watches or rings you're going to have to prospect for 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 people that can help grow your business so the sales reps has really been your key. And those are folks that work for the builders, right? They're great. Yeah. All of them yeah. are awesome. Yeah. So, so what is your goal moving forward? Like as you look forward to your business, because you've got such a unique business model, uh, what does it look like for you moving forward when you think about your goals? So investment properties, I want to do a syndication, five to 50 units, either in Austin, San Antonio. I have four investment properties here in Austin, um, single families want to transition into the multifamily. I am going to help 50 or more families this year. And it like one thing that I wanted to cover quickly is just so important the way we speak. So a lot of people I've heard say, I want to close 50 or more transactions. I love saying I want to help 50 or more families Yeah, because with that, it's just like families. I know that I'm going to help them reach the goals that they want. And whenever I say families as opposed to transactions, it's just a Slight mindset shift that has helped Beautiful. me a lot. I love it. I love it. So, so the 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 team. So you're going to keep going down and building your 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 rent or uh, your your investment business, right? Yes. Um, is the ultimate goal just to essentially get to the point where you are financially free, where the passive income surpasses your your expenses? Is that kind of your goal right now? Yes. Yeah, so right now that looked like about three thousand five hundred. Currently, I have about a thousand with uh, with a passive income, and uh, my goal for this year is actually seven thousand. So that's I what love it. that's yeah, that's what I have on my visions board, and that's what I read every morning for with my goals. I love your mindset, man. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's amazing because you got a great strong mindset, and then you're putting action behind it, which is the most important thing. How, let me just clarify: how much of your business? So you've done thirty one deals essentially this year. How much of that is in this specific niche versus your traditional buyer where you're going to have show houses and, and compete with other offers? I would say the ones I have under contract, right? So right now, 21 under contract. One of them is a resale, 20 are new builds. Wow. And yeah, and I, I it's absurd. Okay, so... The the new the closest new build that's closing now, she's my youngest client actually. 
21 years old and um she's doing a co-borrower with her mother because she didn't qualify but it's like there's always ways to be savvy yeah so because you get one no doesn't mean there's not gonna there's gonna be there's not gonna be a yes so i was like look how about looking into the co-borrower route she looked into it got under contract for three hundred thousand. that home is now selling for four hundred thousand. wow we got yeah. under contract five months ago wow so and, and you're getting paid by the builder right you're getting the buy so they give you what a three percent buyer buyer 3%. agent commission and five percent with some that now that i'm like their vip agent Sales? and stuff yeah wow i mean this is such a cool model man it's i can see again why this is happening so you so really like 99 percent of your your business is this model i 90 percent. i'm working with like five resale clients and like seven new build clients right now so yeah, I ninety percent or, or like eighty five percent new builds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's phenomenal, man. It's such the a thing cool. With, yeah, the go thing ahead. With the new builds, like for for the the niche I'm looking at, yeah, everyone loves it because you don't really have to go over ask. Then there's also lender incentives. Right. You go with their preferred lender. They might give you like two percent towards closing costs. There's a ten to one warranty, ten year structure roof, two it's years great. HVAC electric. And then one year for craftsmanship and it's a new home. Like, yeah. So, so with your, with your business model, kind of walk us through what that looks like with, with kind of uh, the buyers you're helping do this, w walk us through at high level, how it works. So whenever I'm getting any, any new clients, I do the buyer consultation. It's either going to be a referral podcast, sphere of influence. So there's already that level of trust. Yeah. which I love right away. You can feel it whenever we're on the phone. And then from there, do my buyer consultation. It's either going to be a resale, a new build. Everyone loves a new build because of the huge appreciation. Even though it's speculation, I always let them know this is speculation. The thing is with the market trends in Austin, that's what's most likely going to happen, but you never want to bank on that. So aware of that. From there, I already have like an email with all the new builds, depending on what their goals are. You want to cash flow, you want to break even. It's a little harder to cash flow now in Austin, but I kind of have like three email, like email templates for new yeah. builds. Depending on their goals, I'll send them them that. And then from there, it's like, I want to do these three. I talk to my sales reps because we're, we're super close. And yeah. from there, I set up the appointment. I can set it up the same day, the next day, they'll even give me the code sometimes to go into the homes. So it's pretty simple from there. Then it's a deposit if you want the home or a bid, depending on the builder. But, but so all that makes sense, but I'm saying the actual, uh, I forget the, what, what title you gave it, but so like your client buys a new build, let's just say, and is it like a multifamily where they're renting one oh, side, okay, the other okay. person? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me Got about it. that. Okay, so let's say someone's under contract and like kind of that process. Okay. It, it usually it's usually a single family. So got it. The build time usually four to seven months. So it's like, okay, we're looking at this lot. This is a floor plan, get it under contract. For example, Lenar Greenwood, which is a community that I'm in right now, they require five hundred dollar deposit. That's all in a market like Austin. Five hundred dollar wow. deposit, you apply with the preferred lender to make sure that you can get pre-approved and you sign the contract. You get that, 
It's under contract. Your home isn't going to be built until five to seven months from now. And from there, the most important things, first walk. The first walk, you do a blue tape orientation. We go with the superintendent, myself and my client. We blue tape anything that we see that has like damages or something. Yeah. From there, we do the orientation of the home. The next thing is the final walk. Anything that's blue tape is corrected. We go through the warranties. Then three days later, you get the home. Makes it sound very simple, but I just like summarize that very quickly. But uh, it, is, it is actually pretty simple though. The, you know? the thing that I'm confused on, I guess, is what you said, um, room borrower or, or what? Oh, what, the house hacking. House hacking. Or is this what we're talking about? Every single one of these is doing this or not no? Every, you not every single one, but I'd say of the 80%, 85% that I help, maybe two thirds of them are house hacking. Okay. And that's why they're reaching out is because they want to do that. Correct. I mean, everything else you told me is just a traditional real estate sale. Most of I them, mean, yes. So most of them have this idea of house hacking. That's how yeah. you got them. That's how they found you. That's how they got excited. That's why they reached out. That was the, the call to action. Correct. For sure. Tell me about the house hacking model. That's the thing I'm curious okay, about. Perfect. So the house hacking model, it really is Okay, it's either you're paying yourself rent or you're paying someone else's rent. So yep. with this, usually looking at a three plus bed home, ideally what I want is a four beds, two and a half bathrooms. So of the homes that I have, two of them are four beds by three and a half bathrooms. So what I do, I live in the masters and I rent out the other three beds to friends. Got it. So with the friends that, with those friends covers my, my mortgage yeah. and I get a cash flow. Got it. Okay. So, so funny. It's like, it's, it's what my wife and I did when we first got together. So I didn't know if you were the landlord or you buying the house and you renting from the owner type of thing, but you, so, so, and who's securing the financing, you being the owner, and then you're renting out the rooms. Correct. Yes. If, if they're my properties, yes. And then my clients that do the house hacking, they get their own roommates and whatnot. But I mean, the idea really is your return on investment is the rent savings, equity pay down, tax benefits. Yeah, I love it. If, you, if you're an investor, it's different. Return on investment is the numbers, you know? Yeah. You're not really rent savings, this and that. But that's what really the story that attracts a lot of people. Yeah. And have you been able to do this with strangers yet where people have executed on this with renting out rooms to people they oh, don't yeah. know? I have so many stories and a lot of yeah, a lot of my clients, like I said, it's referrals or podcasts. And that's the first thing. Obviously, it's understandable. You don't know if you're right. going to get strangers, this and that. So with Austin, 180 people moving per day, I my clients haven't really had any problems. And I remember one of my clients, he, had, he got a five beds, three and a half baths. And they were a little bit scared about that. But all of them, all of the renters are strangers. And they got wow. through Facebook and Craigslist. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, so so sorry if I was unclear, but the house hacking model, that's the niche we're really talking about. Yes. And that's two-thirds of your business, correct? Yes. And so these new constructions that you're talking about, you're going to secure these properties because the buyer says, I want a house hack. So yeah, I want a new house. I'll get this sexy home. I'll get the master and the master bath. And then I'll rent out the other two or three rooms with one bath. And so the economic model there, tell us about that. So what is the average price? And then what are you getting per rent per room? Just really quick. What, what does that economic model look like? 
let's say east of i-35 which is in austin east of i-35 really looking at prices now around the 420s 430s and you'd be looking at rooms rented around 675 to 775 got it without without the master the master can rent for like 850. okay and how does somebody scale that model? Because financing based on their debt to income ratio, maybe they get one, maybe they get two. How, how does someone scale that? So it's scalable by definitely the lender. Now, once you move out of the property, you show that you have a lease and then your debt to income is offset yeah. about 80 to 85%. But that's that's how I've done mine. And are you able to secure these properties as primary residences? Exactly. That's the big thing. That's the big as a thing. Primary, exactly. As a primary resident, first time home buyer, 3%, anytime thereafter, five. So every year, my clients are like, dude, I got my first rent. I want to buy another home next year. And Brandon, one thing that you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is insane. So the first home I got, new build, I got it for 286000 last year, four beds by three and a half with a $1,000 deposit. That home is now worth about 400000 And while I had this one under contract, this is insane. Had this one under contract June of last year, I got my next one under contract. The wow. fact that it didn't close until a year from that time. Oh, right. That's why the, that's why the lender allowed me to do that. So I got under contract for 326. This same home for 326 is now selling for 500,000. Unbelievable. It's just insane. Now, I mean, man, I could talk to you about this for a couple of days. I mean, honestly, because <laughs> because I have so many, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I used to ha- invest heavily into real estate, into single families. And so we're we're liquidating them now, just where I'm at in my life. I'm liquidating just based on the market. We, when you, your mindset long-term, how do you look at this? I mean, because these values, I mean, some some would argue, like, especially markets like Austin, right? Like, they go up the most and they get crushed the most, you know? And so do you do it for the, my, my opinion on investing in real estate is the upside of value is something I can't control. You can't, no one can control. I look at that as that cherry on top. I'm always paying attention to cash on cash return. What is your mindset when it comes to investing? 100%. I always tell my clients never bank on appreciation and I want to be beautiful. We never know what's going to happen my thing has never ever been appreciation. I always want a cash flow 200 while living for free. Love it. That's if it fits, yep. up, fits that criteria, I'll buy the house. If it doesn't, I'll never bank it on appreciation. And, and and as a realtor, you're you have you're the way you're doing your taxes, you have to show income to get these mortgages, correct? Yes. Yeah. So you're you're not writing off as much as you could because you have to show the income, but for you, it's part of your business model, right? For sure. Yes. Man, it's so good. I mean, hopefully people watching this aren't like totally confused, but well, <laughs> and, and let's end with this. Watch this. So so to your point, based on this entire thing, how you built your model, oh, I didn't think about that. You could scale this all over all, all 50 states. From a light you could get licensed and do this all over the country, correct? Yeah, I mean, with new builds and stuff, just yeah. Yeah. So where can people uh, first off, thank you. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of realtors, like I said. Maybe for you, you're in it. Maybe you don't think it's a big deal. For me, I mean, I, I coach thousands of realtors all over the country. I've got hundreds of agents at my brokerage. This business model is very, very unique. 
so I want to thank you for sharing that with us today. Opens people's so minds, which is cool. Uh, where is the best place for people to connect with you? Instagram for sure. It's Andres B U S T A T X. And also, yeah, househackaustin.com. It's not really just about the city of Austin, but I have blogs there. And I, I really break everything down in terms of like house hacking and new builds, and that will give you some clarity as well. Yeah. So we'll link, I'll link to all your stuff beneath this video when we post it to Perfect. YouTube. So you guys go check him out. Man, this is so, so cool. Where, who taught you? Who mentored you on this model? It was really um, Diego Corzo and Victor Nino. They're my two business partners. Okay. Amazing business partners. It wasn't really like the new build side because I kind of adapted into that somehow. <laughs> but the house hacking thing, they they oh, coached yeah. up on that. Oh, Diego Corzo. Yeah, 100%. Huh. I'll have to check them out. So that's cool, man. You, you were lucky to have them in your life. And I and you know, yeah, I already, you already know that. It's great. 100%. So, <laughs> so dude, thank you so much for pouring back into the industry. Uh, I want to thank you for doing this. And, and this will be live on YouTube here the next week or so. But uh, appreciate you doing this. And any last words of advice for new folks getting into the business? Um, I'd say really narrow down your niche, which was what we talked about. And don't give up within the, within the first month if you don't see results. It took Smart. me like three or four months to make my first sale, I believe. And then from there, I kind of just picked up. It's great advice, man. Stick to one strategy and you give it at least 90 days before you make any judgment call whether to change strategies or not. For sure. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Have an awesome week. I'm sure Thanks, we'll talk Brandon. to you soon. Oh, for sure. Appreciate Take you. care. Yeah. Bye-bye. For more tips and advice on how you can grow your business, be sure to follow Brandon on YouTube and Instagram at Brandon Mulrennan.